Today, we have the first man to ever sit down at the Be My Neighbor table, Tommy D'Addario, with us. If you don't know Tommy, he is a host and on-air lifestyle expert that literally covers it all from pop news, trends, fashion, grooming, travel, health, wellness, and even fitness. Tommy is also a contributor on The Rachel Ray Show, a co-host of Amazon Live, and known as one of GQ's exclusive GQ insiders, covering and partnering with some of the biggest global brands out there. Also, if you haven't followed him on social media yet, Tommy is definitely a social media guru, reaching more than a million people monthly across his social media platforms. Tommy, welcome to Be My Neighbor. Thank you guys for having me. It's great to be here. We are so happy because a mutual friend of ours connected us, but we've been trying to meet for so long. Oh, forever. I feel like we're finally on our blind date. I know. It's here and I'm I'm in for it. And I've, I've been waiting for this moment. Before we get into anything, though, can we talk about the fact that you said several years ago you used to live on this exact floor and we just figured this out? It's really, really creeping me out. Like, I feel like it's total deja vu. I lived in this building years ago and it was an NYU dorm. I can't. We sent over our address and we, we love you guys know we shoot actually in our apartment and record here. So you were here for how many years? Like Three years. Three years. I mean, it was a big part of my life. Yeah, but not even just in this building. On, on the floor, floor. on the floor. An actual neighbor. I know. You're oh, an actual I neighbor. I love it. I knew I loved I, you guys. Yes. Come on. We do believe in all things happening for a reason. And a lot of people have told me that you and I personally need to meet. So, there's something to that. There is. For sure. I believe it. Okay. Well, we have that out of the way. Now we're going to kind of dive into some of the good stuff. So for the past two years, you've been hosting. Can you fill us in on what you were doing before that and how you got to this place? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to try to keep it short. So I graduated college in 2008. And right when I graduated, I got signed with Ford Models. And I started modeling for about three years with them. And it was cool. I got to travel and I worked on really big jobs and shot with you know some of the biggest designers in the world. But I woke up one day and I said, I'm just so unfulfilled. This, this isn't for me. I don't want to show up to set and be poked and prodded and, and feel like I'm a product that I have no control over and just you know be told where to go when and that was it. I, I felt like I was losing creative cells in my brain um, and it just wasn't something that was my dream. So I'm very appreciative for that, but I knew it's, it's time for me to get out of it at least full time. So I broke my contract early. Um, which wasn't exactly pleasing to my agency at the time, (laughs) but I knew I had to do it. I couldn't, I couldn't fake it. I'm not a faker. I'm a very authentic person. And if, if I'm not in it, I can't pretend like I'm enjoying it. So I got out of that contract and I still did some part-time modeling, but then I was also doing some acting back then as well. Theater and little TV roles and commercial. Um, I always loved performing. I never knew if I wanted it to be my full-time thing. I just knew I wanted it to be a part of my life. But I always knew creatively this industry was something I very much wanted to be a part of. And it's what I've known forever. So while that was all kind of going on, I started getting into social media a little bit. And my friend got a job at Abercrombie and then Aeropostale running their social media. So I started building all of their digital up and helping with that 
which at the time was pretty new yeah. for, for retail and for a lot of brands. This, this whole social media world. Like this was about 2010-ish. Okay. 11-ish. Oh, yeah. So very new. Like yeah. no one was at the cusp of really knowing what to do. Was, Insta- was Instagram even no, God, going? I mean, I think it was maybe either soon okay. after release, yeah. but it was mainly about Facebook and Twitter then. Sure. And, and then soon after, yes, Instagram. But I started helping with all of that stuff for these big, big retail brands. Were you just drawn to it? Yeah, I love the creative side of it. In college, I did advertising uh, and communications and also acting. So I always had this business side of my brain and then this creative side of my brain. And I liked that I could blend both worlds with social media because I was creating original content. I was dealing with reps from all of the companies, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and going for strategy meetings. And I loved that all, but I didn't love it enough to do it full time where I couldn't go on my auditions and do shoots when they came up. So I always made a deal with who I was working with and I said listen I'll take these jobs but I need flexibility yeah so smart and um, luckily they all they all allowed it because they saw my work and what I was doing for them and they were very happy with the results so that went on for a few years until again I reached a point where I said okay this is taking over my life now it's too much full time right and I'm not exercising that creative side of of what I want to do so I quit I launched my own company where I started helping brands and companies build their social media. And then I launched what I like to say is my company. I finally said, it's time for Tommy. It is my time to build my brand. I don't want to show up to someone else's set. I don't want to report to a corporation. I want to focus on Tommy. And what does that mean? I launched a website. Okay. And I started talking about the things I love, which are fashion, fitness, health, grooming, travel, wellness, all of that. And I just started organically posting stuff on my own channels, which I just opened myself for real. Okay. Side story of that is I had an ex who didn't love me on social media, so I never really had it myself. Oh my God. I Even did not though, know that uh, at all. Sip that wine yeah, because I'm there's like, a lot oh, to I, that story. That's guys, a different day. I just grabbed my rosé. We are totally in springtime. <laughs> yes. About to sip the tea. Okay. Yes. So I should have always had it. I never did is a short version of that story. Stop. So I... I my ex I, hated I, me on social too, by the way. See, you get it. That, yeah. And and never again will I make that mistake. No. Someone dictate what I do. But I launched it all and I just started organically accumulating this following. And this was about 2015, I would okay. say. So that's when I started getting serious on social. I launched my site, started posting organically about what I love and brands started taking notice and reaching out. And then that whole world to me was new personally being in it like I went from managing YouTube stars like Cameron Dallas and you know Bethany Moda and all of them Nash Gruyere and all these people to suddenly kind of being like one of them doing you yeah right in a different capacity so it was a really interesting world but one that I knew well because I could balance I knew the ins and outs of it no it's great because you're booking them or you know managing all of their stuff and then you can still have all that in your head to do for yourself and outline it. I love that I mean it's such a knowledge to have it really is yeah it's it was great great it was really fun to to launch that and launching that set me up for what these last few years have been in my career which is really exciting which is a lot of tv yes i actually started on the rachel ray show because one of the high up producers was following me for a year on instagram and he said i love the work you're doing with 
you know, GQ. So let me backtrack for a minute. So I opened my channels. I launched my channel, started creating my content. Uh, my husband was shooting a lot of my stuff at the time. He was so supportive and so into it. And like, he's a, a national reporter, by the way. So he doesn't quite have a lot of time to chill. <laughs> yeah. So there I am on a Saturday being like, hey, can we go hey, walk babe. around New York and shoot some great content? <laughs> And he was like, all right. And he was so into it. He got it's the camera man. and, you know, really supportive, Support. pushed me to launch my website and do all of that, which was great. You know, now it's a different story because I have help and, yeah, and you know, it, but, yes. right. but when you're first launching, it's even to have someone saying you can do this and you can put it out there. Yeah. That goes a long way as well. No, it meant the world to me. And then GQ took notice and I had a meeting with them and became one of their insiders. So I'm working with all of the brands they're working with as kind of like a spokesperson and doing really cool activations and talks, you know, different talks and experiential activations where I'm shooting video for them and being the on-camera, you know, talent representing them. So it was a really cool world. And then from there on, the Rachel Ray team reached out on Instagram and I went in for a meeting and became one of their first male style experts on the show. And then all these other video projects happened in Amazon. So it's been this kind of roller coaster ride that I am totally here for. It seems really organic and natural, though. It didn't feel forced. It just kind of all was it was unfolding just really naturally. Yeah, it was a pretty natural progression. And, and there's still a lot of things kind of going on. And I always knew this is where I wanted to be. I, I knew entertainment and media is where I belong. I didn't always know in what capacity. The hosting world for me is one I love. I love talking to people. I'm a very one-on-one, -on -one, interpersonal kind of guy. I want to know your stories. I want to know about you. So I know... That's eventually, you know, a, a next phase, which we'll get to later, I'm sure. But yeah. this world is exactly where I want to be. That's awesome. We get that because we feel alive sometimes. Oh, when yeah. If we're in a room or recording in a studio, it's like there's a different feeling that comes over us. Yeah. I mean, I definitely reached a point in my career where I was like, I need control. I want to do something that I can stand behind that's a sole mission. Yeah. Not just a paycheck and yep. something that I could do. Okay. Yeah, you want to feel good about the work you're doing, right? And like, you know, I just did a segment on Rachel Ray last week, which was a makeover. And it was one of my most favorite makeovers I've done. And I've done a million. But the guy afterwards, he looked at me and he said, I never knew I could feel this good. And he broke down in tears. Oh. And we were backstage and I just found myself getting teary eyed because you don't realize the impact that you can have on people sometimes. And to know you're doing work that makes a difference in some way, shape, or form, that fuels me. I love that. Preach. <laughs> I mean, yeah, seriously, exactly. I, I totally get that. Going into the whole influencer topic as yeah. we're on, yesterday when we were on the phone together, we both agreed that we're not really fans of that word, but you definitely have become what is known as an influencer. And we just want to kind of get your take on, because there are so many negative connotations surrounding that word, how you define yourself, which you kind of answered before, but how you define yourself as an influencer. It's a fascinating world, and I don't love that word. And that's because I think the word influencer now has this connotation that you are popular or known or recognizable for being somebody that simply posts content on social media and nothing's wrong with that let mm -hmm. me be clear mm -hmm. nothing is wrong with that if that is what people out there are doing power to you you guys like keep killing it but for me i feel like my purpose in life is different so when people say tommy's an influencer i understand it because technically i guess yes it makes sense but 
that for me doesn't define what I do. And that's why I, I say, you know, I'm an entertainment host. I'm a lifestyle on air expert, even though I also hate the word expert, but this industry needs a word to define it. <laughs> yes. So you know what I mean? Uh, how are you an expert? <laughs> right, Tom? right. I'm, I always feel weird saying I know, that. I know. But I think that influencer term, it's become a very oversaturated market as well, where everyone kind of starts calling themselves that, which also I feel like it's very weird to call yourself an influencer. That's just another... Side thing. Like I meet people out at parties. I'm like, oh, like, you know, what have you been up to? I never say, what do you do? Because I think that's obnoxious. But I always say, what are you up to? Like, what's going on in your life? I'm like, well, I'm an influencer. I'm like, oh, we're not going to be friends. <laughs> we're just not going to be <laughs> Thank friends. You. That's a no for me. I, not right. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's many ways to beat around that bush. And I'm total agreeance with you. If anyone walked up to Bevan and I and said that, I think we would... Yeah, we'd be turned around. Yeah, it's just yeah. you can't take yourself that, that seriously, seriously, you know, you. And, and I'm a lighthearted guy. So I, I just it, it cracks me up. But yeah, I think the connotation of that word has changed over the years now. And I, I just don't think it defines everything I'm doing. So I try to stay away from it. As we did more stalking on you. Yeah. We noticed that a lot of the pictures that pop up when you Google your name is a picture of you and your husband and they're all about your personal life. Yeah. You guys are, first of all, I think probably the prettiest couple oh, I've no. ever seen uh, in my now life. Now I'm blushing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were Sorry. like, oh my God. Oh, I just wanted to make sweet. it weird really quickly so we got that out of the way. Um, what do you think made your proposal photo go completely viral at that time? I love love and I never knew I loved love until I met my husband. Um, I was with someone prior to him for about seven years and it was just so wrong in so many ways. It's one of those relationships that I should have left way before we ended things. Um, but for whatever reason, I stayed. And I was young, and it was most of my 20s. And I met Gio pretty soon after things ended with that person. And I never expected to fall so crazy in love. So we met. We moved in in three weeks. We got engaged in nine months in Paris and that's the photo you're referring to so we orchestrated a an epic surprise proposal we were in Barcelona for a wedding and then we flew to Paris just to see it for a few days and we um you know he hired a surprise photographer we were in front of the Eiffel Tower it was like 7 a.m and the photographer snapped this moment that Gio orchestrated with him and this photo which we posted on social media went viral and we didn't realize what was going on because of the time difference. So we went to bed in Paris, woke up the following morning, and we opened Instagram. And we each had, I think it was about 20,000 new followers. Whoa. What? So I looked at him and I said, um... Holy <laughs> shit. What's going on? I think something's happening back home. And that's when the alerts start coming in where every magazine was writing about this photo because it was one of the first times you saw a traditional marriage pose that's typically a man and a woman sure one on one knee one looking surprised seen with two men and that never really was represented in a mainstream media kind of way and we didn't post this thinking anything of it and it just was an organic moment of happiness for us so when it took on a life of its own it was wild like we, our friends were sending us screenshots. It was the number one trend on Facebook above Kylie Jenner. What, <laughs> like, like, what is happening? I'm like, what? This That's is crazy. amazing. I and it was just an authentic moment of our love that we were excited to post to our audiences. You know, it really wasn't thought about. Yeah. What was that feeling like when you opened up your phone and, and realized you were 
resonating with so many people. Like, why do you think it made such an impact? You know, it was pretty amazing because the aftermath was what we don't take for granted. So since that moment happened, we receive hundreds and hundreds of messages from kids who are struggling coming out or struggling with their identities with relatives and mothers and fathers even who are trying to understand their gay child in a way that they just can't connect with. And we, we've received so much mail and we kind of realized we became these figures of love in the gay community. And it's not something we ever imagined kind of being, but it suddenly happened. And it was, it was a role that we both were very, very much into and, and for, especially because when I think of myself growing up, I never had that. I never knew that I could meet someone and get married and have a quote unquote normal relationship because I never saw that. So that for us was something really magical. And uh, you know, then it was like thousands of messages every week. And to this day, we still receive countless, I mean, countless, countless messages. And, and that's my bigger picture in this business, right? I always say we should all have some sort of bigger picture. And I'm in media, I'm in entertainment because I love it, but also because I want to show the world that love is love and everybody deserves to have it. And it doesn't matter who you love. It's just a fundamental right that, that everyone should be lucky enough to experience and have. Bevan's crying over here <laughs> and now I'm let not, me just I'm yeah we're, no. I mean I, but I think it's so amazing that that image allowed people for the first time to see normalizing right your version of love right and what that does for people are you able to respond to every single one of these messages do you try to can you yeah you know I, I really try to to reach out to as many as I can it's hard you yeah, know it's, 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 it's mean, difficult it's and sometimes there are situations sadly that I get where I just don't feel like I'm qualified to respond because some people are really going through some hard things and yeah. you know at that point I have said I think you should maybe talk to somebody or, or seek additional help but the spectrum of messages that have been received over the years is it's amazing and that to me means the world i just love being able to help and lead by example and say you know what i'm gay but guess what that's a piece of me i'm also a husband i'm a brother i'm a businessman i'm a host and the list goes on and on and, and i try to show people that it's just a component to who you are and it doesn't define you and that to me means the world that through through my relationship i can put that message out there in a really positive way and show people also in the gay community um you know who are you know straight and gay who who maybe don't understand why someone would want to get married or be monogamous like we are and and kind of break stereotypes i'm all about that the fact that you are now married to someone that's in a very similar industry mm -hmm. like did that ever you know, just not ever spook you or just like, that's, that's something where I just, I, it's amazing to me that you guys are, it's not competitive. It's like right. you guys are supporting each other and still in somewhat different sex, you know, somewhat different mediums, right. but that you guys are still in the television industry. Like, how is that for you? It's really fun. You know, he's, he's a journalist. I mean, he does news and he reports on everything from sadly the Pulse nightclub shooting to hurricanes where he's strapped to balconies you know i mean he oh just he he's a newsie and he covers um the news flawlessly it's something i could never do i'm not a journalist i'm an entertainer right so we have very different and he he always says to me i can't do what you do 
because it's such a different skill set involved for what we're both doing that it just works because I want to know about his world and I'm fascinated by it because it's one I don't know much about and vice versa. He loves when I'm doing these shows and the daytime stuff and, you know, talking about pop culture, whatever it is I'm talking about each day because it's so different for him. So it's really fun at the end of the day to, you know, have our dinner and kind of catch up on what we did each day and, and let each other have glimpses into our worlds. It's so much fun. And that's not to say in the future our paths won't ever cross and we could do fun projects together. I mean, last year we hosted the first really executed Pride special for ABC. Yeah. And amazing. it was a digital show and it received like over two and a half times more engagement than any show they've done digitally. And we had the best time working together. It was just amazing. The, turn to my left and see my husband and you know we had a blast so so comforting right oh Just to be it was able to great see that person like I never have Ryan there he doesn't he, he doesn't he knows some of the lingo but the fact that you guys can speak the same language almost yeah. and be like oh this segment over here and this broadcast and you're like yeah 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 it's the same tv world and I'm you know I think I have cool. a question for you guys I read in one of the people articles I think it was on your one-year anniversary you were talking about even when you guys get heated with one another, if you're yeah. in a disagreement, you're able to keep yourself really calm and collected. What do you attribute your ability to communicate with one another to? It's a really good question. You know, we're very, very open with each other in terms of what we're feeling, what's going on in our brains. And we never get to a point. I mean, first of all, we never go to bed angry ever ever there's never been a situation where like one of us was on the couch and you know like that sort of thing which i've experienced a lot in my past with, with someone else so it's nice to to have this mutual respect i think is the biggest thing where we genuinely want to better each other and better better ourselves through this relationship so if little arguments come up our first reaction isn't you know obscenities and cursing and storming out it's like okay this is something like let's address it let's figure out what's going on and then let's move on because life is too short to be honest to get involved in drama we are such drama free people and i really live by surrounding myself with love and light and positive people and not getting stuck in the cycle of being cynical and negative and we've cut friends out for that because Good. they were just nothing but toxic in our lives so we said sadly this isn't going to work anymore and it's like a friend breakup because you can't have that yeah. in your life as individuals and you really can't have that in your life as a couple so if there's anything that were to kind of interfere with our relationship with that sort of energy mm -hmm. it's out good it's out yeah. so it's just having respect for each other coming from a place of not wanting drama and at the end of the day, if we have a disagreement, we end up usually laughing about it because we realize it's not that serious. Totally. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. But no. even as an Italian, you don't, because you come off, you know, you calm, but yeah. we Italians, uh -huh. we can raise our voices sometimes or we're entertainment, so we can <laughs> get loud. Yep. Bevan and I definitely can raise our volume. Does that ever happen to you where one person is a little bit louder than the other? Or it's just a little bit more expressive than the other. You know what's funny? I mean, I'm full of expression, but we don't get to this yelling, screaming place. I am one of the calmest people you'll meet in your life until I feel like someone I love is messed with. And then that Italian side that you're talking about, it kicks into high gear. If you are messing with someone I love, whether it's my husband or my friends or my family, I then see red very fast and I I've learned to control that and reel it in a little bit especially now being a little bit more public you know i can't have meltdowns yeah. but 
I'm very protective over those who I those I love. And and if I feel like there's any sense of harm or danger or just mistreatment, I can very much see red. So I have to learn how to reel that in. And I have learned. But that's really the only time I get a little feisty. Otherwise, I am pretty calm. I'm very zen. You seem so incredibly appreciative of everything in your life and everything that you've been given and, and what you're lucky enough to experience. How are you able to take stock of that on a daily basis? Does it ever elude you? Are you ever kind of having to grasp for it a little bit? You know, I'm a very thankful person. And I think it's it's because I appreciate... I've worked very hard for everything that I have today. And there's a million things I want to accomplish. You can still. see that you work hard. Uh, that's just who I am. And I know that I've, I have what I have today because of that that work ethic. And I appreciate it. I appreciate opportunities that are given to me because I'm not naive in thinking I'm, you know, better than anyone or I'm more special than anyone. I just know I work really hard and I hone in on my craft and I want to do the best job that I do. So I'm appreciative over any kind of opportunity that comes my way. And I never want to stop giving back as well. Like I said, there's by no means am I at the place where I see myself fully one day, but I always want to be someone that can almost be like a mentor for people and, and show by example, this is, you know, how you can go about doing things or this is what not to do. Take it from me. And just also show like you can overcome obstacles and get to where you want to get. I mean, I thought that because as a young boy living in suburban New Jersey in a small town that I could never be doing the things I'm doing because I'm gay. And I thought that would only hurt me and not help me. And so maybe that's part of it too, is the fact that you grew up and you, you did have to overcome so many things yeah. to make your life the reality that it really is. Yeah. You made that. You created that. So you have a great appreciation for it. None of it was handed or given. Exactly. I, I worked really hard in the business and, and, and hustled in a lot of different avenues of it. And it's funny because people sometimes get confused because it's not this like super clean path. It's like I did modeling. I did acting. I worked in social media for a corporation. I left. I launched my own site. Now I'm my own boss and I'm an entertainment host. And they're like, whoa, <laughs> what? Like that's not a clean, clear path. And I said, well, why isn't it? I mean, why do you there's no cookie cutter path that everyone has right. to follow it's who's defining that path exactly and it's because i was involved in so many things and still am that i've been able to achieve the things i want to do so it's it's pretty interesting i like that about you because growth is never a ladder right no. i always think it's you can take one step up one to the right one to the left we're still moving we're still evolving oh but it takes all these different directions and if we give ourselves that freedom we get to see what really it can really be connected deeply to who you are and your soul 100 percent. i always say you have to be open you have to be open to things that come your way even if you know you think it's not what you want your career to be who cares be open my friend richard jay he's this amazing legendary director he's on broadway he's barbara streisand's director like he's just stop i i dropped the babs on you <laughs> i know oh. i know so you've lost oh. Brittany. there we go Mm -hmm. I, I mean, he's just this crazy, talented, iconic director. And he called me a couple of weeks ago on a Friday and he said, I'm debuting my first burlesque show in New York on Broadway. And there's a scene and it's usually audience participation. But how fun if you were in on the gag and like we're part of it, would you do it? And my initial reaction in my mind was, oh, God, I haven't really acted in a few years I don't know. I don't want to Burlesque. make myself look stupid. It's two and a half pages of script. Oh, wow. Um, I wasn't doing burlesque. I was a clothed <laughs> actor oh. in this. Do you see where uh, I went? I, I see where like, you're burlesque. going with this. No, no, yes. no. I was, I was just an innocent little boy in it. But, you know, my initial reaction was, oh, God, I don't want to look stupid. I should say no. 
And then I kind of immediately snapped myself out of it. And I said, why would I say no? I have the opportunity to be on 42nd Street doing a show with this legendary director to do a fun scene, an eight minute long scene. You know what? I'm going to do it. And yes, I have a busy weekend. And this is very last minute because this was Friday night and the show was Monday. Oh, wow. Um, But I said, I'm going to figure out how to memorize two and a half pages of script and make it work. And you know what? I did it and I felt so damn good. After that was done, and my point is, I really try to come from a place of not saying no, because just just because I don't view myself right now as an actor, because I'm doing the hosting stuff and and all of that, doesn't mean it's not stuff I can't I can't do. Right. If projects come up that interest me, I'm gonna do them. And if it's right for me, and I genuinely want to do, and it fuels my soul, why should I say no? Because it's confusing for people. Because I'm a host. Forget it. Do it all and be open. Lean into every single bit of it, right? Yes. We're all guessing. We're all trying. Nobody's the right person for any job. Nobody's the perfect person for anything. It's the people that say yes and walk in and allow themselves to grow in any capacity, whoever's watching, and put themselves out there with a little lightness and humor behind it where we really start to evolve as humans, and that's the best place to be. Oh, I so agree. And you never know. Like, you never know who could be watching. You never know who could come see you behind the stages like anything like that you just you never know who you're gonna meet and I'm sure you get that too like who is gonna or who's gonna come from that opportunity as well I'm going to recommend you I mean that's why I'm like why not take it why not take the opportunity what's the harm yeah I mean we have one life to live make it count make Mm -hmm. it count if you want to do something if you're curious about something don't let fear stop you just go for it I could have easily said you know what this this show's in two days I'm too busy busy. make made excuses and I snapped myself out of the initial thought I had because it was fear and I don't operate on fear I love that. that. You have to make the choice to not operate on fear. So selfishly, I have a question for you too. Stemming from this and your previous experiences working in social media, what tools and tips do you have for people that are in the midst of developing and building their own brands or businesses? Great question. I attribute a lot of my success on social media to a few things. And I'm going to start by saying when I was beginning this journey, let's say of Instagram, right? And really kind of looking at it as, wow, people care about what I'm saying and posting and I need to put thought into this. Um, I had a few agencies want to meet me and the advice I was given was horrific. I mean, it was everything from post things that you don't care about just to get attention, use marketing tools to buy followers and buy likes. These are agencies that rep the biggest influencers today who were telling me this and telling me this cookie cutter format of you need to post a food shot and then a landscape shot and then a you shot. And I just looked at all of them and I said, this isn't going to work because A, it's horrific advice and B, I'm going to be who I'm going to be on social media. So You told them, sorry to interrupt you, but you told these people like, this is not going to work for me. Yeah, I said, I can't do this and you're not going to want to work with me, I assume, which is totally fine, but I'm not going to post food, a photo of my taco. Like, I don't care. No one, (laughs) I don't care. It's Taco Tuesday, guys. Right. No one wants to see your matcha. No. No. I mean, you know. (laughs) They want to see other things, Tommy. Let's uh, (laughs) be real. Okay. Let's be real. But the taco too, you know. Listen, but it was all sorts of craziness. So I started kind of just listening to myself and and putting out what I wanted to put out. And I realized number one to grow, you really do need beautiful imagery or video. So you do need to create things that are appealing, visually appealing, right? It shouldn't be a pixelated 
iPhone photo. Well, back in the day, the iPhone photos weren't as great. Now it's like, you know, a Picasso, but <laughs> they're beautiful. But back then, you know, but even still today, I shoot everything on a real camera, like okay. real high tech camera I use um, to shoot probably 95% of my content. But it was A, realizing I need to post really beautiful things. B, getting a schedule and a format in. So I realized the more I post, the more traction I get. And the okay. more people stay interested in my story and my journey. So I said, I'm going to start posting five to six times a week and sticking to it. Okay. Which means figuring out content to create. I don't pretend everything I post like I'm wearing that day. I don't say, this is my outfit today and I wore this going out. I'm, I'm very real online. So... You know, people I think by now know I post different fashion inspiration as one kind of category of content, and that's something they look forward to. And then um, another category is fitness stuff. So it's I figured out what my audience wants to see, and I started tailoring my content to fit those different categories. So I know fitness is one thing. So if that means I'm shirtless from time to time and I'm working out, then I'm going to be shirtless from time to time I'm working not out. Mad about no, it. No, no one's mad. No one is mad. Listen, the occasional shirtless photo might pop up. It's great. But it's always classy because mm -hmm. I am a family-friendly brand. Okay. But, you know, I realize fitness is one category. Fashion is another category. They want to see outfit inspiration. My personal life is another category. And that was something that all of these agents told me not to share. And I said, but why? We're real people behind the phone. I mean, I'm, of course I want to share. I don't want to overshare, but I want to show glimpses of my marriage or me with friends. In the quote-unquote influencer world, is like a big no-no because it's not a beautifully curated photo. But I'm like, I don't care. It was me having fun. And guess what? That got more likes than the beautiful curated photo. Totally, yeah. So like, It's you, real. It's real. So I think a lot of my success has been authentically being who I am and finding the balance between those beautiful curated moments and also showing glimpses into my life and creating imagery, high content imagery and, and just having fun with it. I've probably been doing the Instagram thing seriously for about three years. Do you and have a content calendar? Like, do you set a time for yourself where you sit down and say, okay, I'm going to map out kind of the week's posts or, or do you work with someone or how does that Yes. Now that you're kind of at the level that you are, yep. how do you do it? So I don't really map out. I loosely map out the week. Like if I know I'm on TV, I'll say I'm going to reserve like these two or three days to talk about the segment I'm doing or, you know, I'll do two fashion posts in between. So I don't, it's not a, a really like hardcore calendar, but I have an idea, but I do have a photographer. I work with Sophie once every probably like six weeks to okay. capture content Smart. that I want to share with my audience. So like spring outfits are coming up. So I'm going to call her and say in a couple of weeks, let's get together. And I want to shoot some of my favorite spring outfits and trends and share that with my audience who are looking for spring outfits and trends. Totally. Um, or, you know, like fitness stuff. I'll, I'll do a fitness shoot and show some of my favorite exercises. And then I'll have that content to last me. I try to do as much as I can in bulk. Smart. within like a one to two month period. So it's still fresh, but that I don't have to think about it week to week because as you guys know, and like the TV world and that side of it takes a lot of time. You have to memorize scripts and do your research and be on air. A lot of behind the scenes. That's not glamorous. Yes. That's not like you showing up in that beautiful Instagram photo. Right. Yeah. You're in your sweats, baby. And you know. so many things are last minute. Oh yeah. The yeah. very last minute. So it, you have to plan ahead. Yeah. Bevan 
hates. 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 I, I try to get on her left and right, but just even to go into a photo shoot, as mm. beautiful as she is, I'm like, where, 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 like, where are the, the camera? Yeah, right. The Get the fan for my hair. Out. I'm ready. Exactly. I'm like Beyonce I moment. Have, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to put myself no. out there more. I, I do think, it. Yeah. You, you're doing a great, great job of it. I think it's just a matter of, of doing it more continuously. She has. You, you've got your people who are ride or die Bevin fans, but she just needs to get it going a little bit more because I think it would be. She just would be blow up it's actually inspiring to me though to talk to you though because that was one of the things i had such an issue with if you can do it truly authentically yep. i'm down i'm interested i want to know i follow i want to understand I'm, I'm totally clipped in right it's so funny to me when stuff feels forced yeah and, and i'm always terrified that i post if i post something it's going to feel forced and it's going to feel contrived well i always say people can smell a fake um and i think that's why i've grown really fast like there are guys who when i was doing the digital stuff on the brand side who I was hiring for different things who are at a similar following that they've been at for the last two and a half years because people can smell a fake and not that everyone is. There's some guys doing things beautifully and I'm saying guys, cause that's more of the world I'm in. But when you're just pretending like you're having a latte on a Saturday afternoon in a three piece suit <laughs> on a hot summer day, no one's doing that. No, like just show me a little glimpse of who you are and then I'm in. And that's that's always what I try to maintain and, and have that integrity in everything I'm, I'm posting. And for me, it's worked out well. I mean, like I said, I got Rachel Ray from someone following me on Instagram and then f figuring out my work from there. But that was the initial hook. Totally. And if you can portray who you are in an authentic way and give people a taste of, you know, this is Tommy. And I feel like he's kind of like a friend now because he's real. Then I think you're doing a good job. It's so funny. We were going to ask you what you think separates you from other people, but I think you've answered that. It's 100% your authenticity. We can see it so clearly as viewers no, from the outside in. And even just sitting with you, it's like, this is the exact same person I've been looking at on social media. Thank you. That means a lot. I, I mean, I, I like I am. It's it sounds cheesy, but I'm like that positive, quote, motivational, grateful kind of guy who also does have a little feisty, sassy side where I like my wine and I like going out dancing. And, You're perfect. Yeah. And, and, you know, I just I like if you were straight, we'd probably do. <laughs> <laughs> just I could only right be now, so lucky. You guys I'm just saying I you could and only I would be so probably, lucky. Yeah, it'd probably be if it happened. But you know, we've got our partners. There we is go. It, is it true though? Kind of totally. Yeah. 100%. But that's just how I've always been. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I, and I wasn't always like that growing up because I was finding who I really was. And I didn't always like myself because of my sexuality and I never want to be in that place. So to answer kind of an earlier question as well, like I really think I am who I am today because I went through this journey of acceptance and finding how to love myself and realizing I am worthy and I am deserving and who I love shouldn't make me not be any of those things. What kind of work did you do to, to get there? It's <sighs> a good question. You know, I, I think I was talking to a friend a few days ago who asked me if I've ever been to therapy and I, I haven't. And I, I think it's a great thing for people. It's amazing. It's an amazing tool for people to go to. But the way I kind of, I almost say I, I gave myself therapy. I knew I would never have the life I wanted to have if I didn't realize that I am worthy of it. And I wish I could pretend to say something like I did some soul searching in Bali for five months or, well, I did go on my honeymoon in <laughs> Bali. We very much went to Bali for a honeymoon, but 
I can't, there's not one thing I did. I just kind of started looking at life through a lens of life's beautiful and I'm grateful to be here and I'm going to just go after everything I want to go after. And I hope I have the right positive people around me showing support and love. And I hope I can be that for everyone else too. And if I'm not being that, I'm going to check myself and say, snap out of it. Don't be a dick. Sorry for saying that, but like, no. number one. you know, no, I, number I, I one. just, I, I always make sure to check myself as well. Um, and, and I don't know, that's kind of how I got to this place. That's real work yeah. though. That's real work. And that's a real investment to take a look at your life and then choose actively choose to put a different lens on Yeah. and then attack with that lens on that. That's true work that I think everybody needs to hear. Yeah. And along that line, like competitors, mm. how do you deal with those people that maybe want to bring you down or not about you or not about lifting you up? Like, how do you deal with it? It's a good question. I actually recently experienced this with one of my projects and the people when I walked into this job couldn't have been meaner. And I didn't understand why, because I don't come from a place like that. I, I think the more friendly you are with those around you, especially in the workspace and on TV, the more moments you have together and the more, the more the joy comes across and people want to watch you. It's an ensemble. It's not one. You, you would want, think. Right. Not everyone has that mentality. So, you know, I, I won't lie. It's, it doesn't happen often. But when this happened, I was a little down. And, you know, Gio was kind of reaffirming, you know, how I can't let that, you know, get in my way. And that I've worked way too hard to let a few bitter people make me feel the way I was feeling. So I usually just try to rise up and do my job. Like I will always be someone's friend if they want to be, but if they're give if they're giving me nothing and just want to cause problems, I'll just start going into work, doing my job and I'll go in my dressing room in between my breaks and have me time. I won't go in your dressing room and try to be your friend. I won't message you and text you and connect on social media. I hear your message loud and clear. You're going through your own thing for whatever reason. And it's a loss to you because I'm a lot of fun, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever we don't need to be friends <laughs> and yeah. then I just focus on me and I, I, I stop trying to make something happen when unfortunately for whatever reason some of these people who do want to bring you down don't want it to happen right right and I get a lot of that sometimes with women in this in this same field in this expert world right. you know you don't feel that camaraderie feeling you don't feel like someone's there to maybe help you or lift you up or you know if you're not having the best day make you feel good it's just something that kind of exists and and I, you know you feel that same way too a lot of women are like that and I know you've felt that way too walking on set it's like mm -hmm. people that just want to bring you down versus say let's just do a great job together and then let's walk out of here it's not great but no and I think and I've also realized it's not me it's them and it comes from a place of insecurity. And I almost feel sad and sorry for those types of people because it's something that unless they consciously choose to work on, they'll be like that for the rest of their lives. And who wants to live like that? It takes it's, so it's, much energy. It's exhausting. Yeah. Right. So that's also how I kind of shake it off. I said, you know what? It's not me. It's their own thing. Yeah. And I'm still going to be around if they want to be cool one day and, and show me and, and really prove to me they're cool. And totally. Be yes. playing me like a yeah. fool. <laughs> yeah. I'm from Jersey and Italian. Yeah. I'm, I'm very savvy. <laughs> no, I agree. And you also have, you know, you have your husband, yeah. you have your life, you have your family. I, I'm always like, I have, I have this world and it's, it's wonderful. It's good and great. But at the end of the day, who are you surrounded by that's, that, that makes the most sense? Your best friends and your right. family. You know, it's the people that, that want to lift you up, that 
are around you. And I, I think a lot of these people, sometimes they lack, well, in my yeah. world, a lot of these women lack girlfriends and they lack the real people. Everyone has different circumstances, of course. So it's how you brought yourself up. But yeah, I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's who's next to you. That's it. Right. It's operating from another place of fear again. Right. Oh, 100%. We think, and like you said, if you can step back and go, I see that this is not about me and it probably is something that's toxic in your life and, and bless and release. We can walk away light and full and allow people to handle their own things on their own time. Oh, 100%. And by the way, there's, I also have come to a place of being okay with the fact that if there's a job that comes up and I love it and I'm excited about it, but it brings nothing but drama, that it's okay to walk away and there'll be other opportunities. If it's not making you personally happy, I've been there before. I, I spent years doing that in the modeling days where I just wasn't fulfilled and I never want to feel that again. So as great as an opportunity may be, if the drama of it is weighing you down, it's okay in any profession, by the way, to take a step back and say, you know what? I thought this was a great opportunity and I felt like it would have opened many doors, but it's not good for me. So I'm going to put a pause on it. If things change up internally, whether it's on set or at a corporation, great. I'll revisit it. But if not, on to the next because there's plenty of more opportunities. Yeah. I always feel like, too, when you make a bold choice like you did so many times, which was so impressive to me, to walk away from something, I feel like the world just goes, okay, congratulations. Here's an opportunity. Or here's a, you lean into then something that is soul serving for you. Right. Even if it's in a direction you didn't anticipate or something out of left field, if you just keep deeply connecting to what it is that serves you and lights you up things will just keep unfolding and even if it's not a straight and narrow path there's oh, yeah. a path i believe that very much yeah. oh i believe that totally too i i think that sometimes it can be scary for course, sure because you're like oh my god i just gave up x amount of money or i gave up a right. job or whatever it is but it's gonna there's gonna be more openings because of that because that space that negative energy is is now gone oh mm -hmm. yeah well, I want to know what you have planned for the future. Where is the future for you? Mm, that's a fun one. So the ultimate, ultimate goal is I want a show. I put this out in the universe. Keep doing um, it. Called Talking with Tommy. And I want it to be a Super Soul Sunday meets live with Kelly, where I want to talk to inspiring people who have amazing stories, both famous and not famous. I want to talk to the stay-at-home mother who became a best-selling author. I want to talk to the first openly gay sergeant in the military. I want to talk to this Academy Award winning actor who had all odds against him. I want, I want, I'm a story person and I love that. So I want a show that's inspiring and uplifting and shows, you know, hear people's stories who defy all odds. It's not politics. It's not salacious. It's not you know, booking people who are just now and have movies or music coming out. It's really story based, almost, you know, almost like, um, I don't know, like a, a self-help book, but brought to life. Yeah. Um, but I want to mix that with the worlds I love, which are fashion and fitness and grooming and cooking and doing segments and experiential things around that as well. So it's kind of like a blend between the two. And I think the world is ready for the first openly gay daytime talk show host. 100%. I think we are ready. I, I am, am ready. Time. And I, I can it's see it. time. And whether that's digitally or, you know, or, or wherever the media may be, the world's ready for a new perspective, I think. As long as we can, you know, be on the side drinking yes. wine with oh some of your co-hosts. I, you know, I am all the of your best people and your guests. Man. Yeah. Done. 
Or Bevan can DJ. She's learning now how to DJ. I'll assist you with whatever you need because I'm just open, you know? So, there we go. Exciting. I actually can really see that for you. Me too. They, I, you um, know what? It's something I, I really want so much so that I have the name of it already talking with Tommy. <laughs> but um, that's, that's where I want it to all go. And until I get to that place, I'm having fun doing all of these great hosting jobs. And I want to keep doing jobs that fulfill me and fuel me and whether that's red carpet stuff down the line or wherever this takes me this entertainment business does i am there for it and if i want to get back into acting one day and there's a fun role that comes up you know am i actively seeking it now no but not to say i won't ever do that again and you know i i like to dance i'm a hip-hopper and maybe one day i'll do dancing with the stars i don't know i'm just yes. going Drop with all of it i'm there. dropping it all yeah. you know Keep saying them all I a lot of things happen in this table i don't know it I could happen a lot of great vibes so at the end of the day i want to entertain and just make people smile i think there's enough going on in the world where you don't get to do that all the time and if you can come to my social media watch me on tv hear me in a podcast and just escape reality and smile my job's done well, you did it with us today, so Aww. we can't thank you enough for that. Thank you. Thank you, Tommy.